You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and joining me from the road, I've got my boy, Dave. Buddy, how we doing? I'm hot, man. I'm back in Florida, and it is humid. Can you, you imagine putting on pads and playing 50 minutes of football in this kind of heat? There is a certain smell I remember that was accompanied by a headache from when football practices would start in August. It's the smell of Under Armour going over your head. Back then, all we had was the tight stuff. And then, yeah, just that overwhelming heat that makes you want to never go on a field again. I don't know how they're doing it, but hey, we're glad they are. Folks, if it is your 150th time here, welcome back. We are happy to have you. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. We know you love us, and it does help. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're getting ready to look ahead to a great football season. We are two lawyers and a lobbyist that love Florida State football. We all went to Florida State, and about a year ago, we got so frustrated with the -the on-the-field performance that we decided to start our own podcast because, whatever, COVID, everyone started a podcast, so we could share what all of y'all are feeling. People who love Florida State complaining about the thing they love. But Dave, let's dive in for a second here. We are going to run a segment today called Thirsty Thursdays. No, not like the kind at Bullwinkles or the Strip or Standard or Pop Bellies or whatever your favorite watering hole was back in Tallahassee. It's a different kind of thirsty. Dave, a lot has been missing from the program over the past couple of years, on the field, off the field, really everywhere. And I want to know, what are you just absolutely famished, just completely dehydrated and thirsty to see from Florida State football this season? So this may not be the sexiest answer, but it's something that's been bothering me for years now, which is I want to see linebackers who can cover the middle of a field. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of seeing opposing tight ends and receivers just streaking across the middle, catching the ball with space to run, and there's just nobody there for five yards every short pass in the first down. I'm sick of seeing it. I need to see competent linebacker play. And it's just something that gives me nightmares going back to, like, seeing Florida doing it to us with Aaron Hernandez back in the late 2000s. And it ended there. We had some good linebacker play with, like, Michael Bradham through. But, my God, has it been a while. I agree, man. We've got to see more out of the linebackers. We talked about that in an episode last week. You know what's really funny, though, is if you remember last year, one of our worst games, the Miami game, we actually did a really good job against Brendan Jordan. They're highly heralded tight end, but we just didn't see it for the rest of the year. So I absolutely agree. That is something I'm thirsty for as well. But for me, what I'm thirsty to see from the Florida State Seminoles on the football field this year is I just want to see alignment between what the coaches are planning and what's happening on the field. Now you may ask Max, how do you how do you know if that's happening? Well I just I'm tired of seeing coaches look befuddled by the play on the field and vice versa. I'm tired of seeing players look at the sidelines hands up in the air, yelling at each other. That's not communi- I'm not talking communication. I'm talking no earthly idea of what's going on. So I'm hoping in the second year, I and mean, this is what, Dave, the first time since 2015 that we've had both, of our, both our offensive and defensive coordinator come back for a second season. I'm, just, I'm hoping that there is better implementation, better communication, better tailoring of the scheme to the players you have on the field. And we just finally see that alignment between coaches and players. Yeah, and I can see a lot of people hearing that and being like, Jesus Christ, are your standards that low? But, I mean, we haven't seen it. And we get back to 
level of minimal competence, but knowing what's going on, we're, you shouldn't expect us to break a 500 record. Like, that's how we're going to be back to top. Yoko had to rebuild things from almost the same spot when he came in. So we're back to that. That's exactly right. And I think that it does sound, oh my gosh, has his standards gotten that low? Folks, it's not that my standards are low. I'd love to, I, I expect to see a six win season. I think we could see an eight, but that doesn't happen with Flash and Razzle Dazzle. We kind of saw that with Willie Taggart in year two. That happens with sound yeah. fundamental football, which starts with coaches and players aligning. Again, I'm not going to judge us by the outcome. I'm going to judge us by the, the way the team is functioning and by the way that things look on the field. Because, I mean, who wasn't excited during that Boise State game? And then we found out that the only thing that offense could do was score a 75-yard touchdown or go three and out. And when they went three and out, they only burned 22 seconds a clock. So the other team got the ball back and the defense was exhausted. And they were going three and out like every other drive, basically. That's, that's exactly right. In fact, flash in the pan isn't really how you should do anything. It definitely isn't how you should fix your car. Still not my best transition. I, I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to get better ones. I, I, I was crushing it for a few weeks there, and now I've sort of fallen off. But anyway, if you need auto parts, there's only one place to go. It's rockauto.com. You go there. You select your make, your model, your year, what's wrong with the car. They throw you with some auto parts that you need to fix it. It's super simple. There's no reason if you have a resource like rockauto.com, you should be taking your car to the dealership for little things. I mean, look, tire blows out. The rim's bent probably going to have to go to the dealership. However, headlights out, taillight or brake lights out, that's simple. Go to rockauto.com. I think last time I ordered headlights, I ordered 10 of them for, no, it was taillights. I got 10 of them for like three, four bucks, something like that. Extremely cheap. And now I've got enough taillights to last me the life of the car. So go to rockauto.com, low prices, great selection, and save yourself a whole boatload of money. All right. So we talked about what we're thirsty for. Dave, what about this team are you the most excited about going into the year? I'm excited to see the best quarterback play we've probably had since the James Blackman was in a bad spot, but that doesn't excuse the fact that we didn't have confidence at the most important position on the field, and we certainly didn't have that We now have a guy who was a recent Heisman contender. We have a guy who last year looked like he couldn't be stopped, at least with his legs. We have two viable options. I know a lot of people... You know, for the old adage, you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But I really do think we have two quarterbacks who can get the job done in different ways. And it is the most important position on the field. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be good at football. That's, that's just reality. Like, I know you look at Alabama when they have to take a poker. He wasn't a bad quarterback, right? I mean, he, did he wasn't good enough to beat that's, out. That's what you need. Right? He wasn't good enough to beat out. He wasn't good enough to beat out Jameis. But, yeah, and he was surrounded by an incredible cast at Alabama. But. He was good enough to get the job done, and we haven't even had that. But do I you think if we had him instead of, Sorry to cut you off, but do you think if we'd had Jacob Coker instead of Smag, we would have gone to the playoffs again in 15? I do. I think he, I think he was a little underrated. I think he probably got a bad rap because he didn't win the starting wall at Florida State, but he was a good quarterback. And I think, I think with him, we probably could have made a good run at the playoffs. London was good, but I think we would have had a decent champ, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. He's one of those with the Landon Dickerson where I'm, I'm sad he got away. I think for me, what I'm most excited to see is the running back room. Actually, there's one more thing I'm more excited to see, folks. It is our offensive line. In 2018, we had nine different offensive line combinations. In 2019, we had eight different offensive line combos. Last year, we only had six. If we can stay healthy this year and we can limit that to two or three offensive line combos, I think we're going to be in a really good spot 
I'm not saying they're going to go out there and be the purple people eaters, but I do think that they will be able to set the stage for a great running back room. I mean, Dalvin Cook will always have a special place in my heart, as will a lot of, as will Devontae Freeman, as will Chris Thompson. I think that guy is a battler. I think what he's done is just incredible. Having, having a broken back and then going on to have the career that he had in the league is, is insane to me. But I think this might be the most complete running back room we've had in a very long time. Yeah, and if, if you look over the course of the last decade, there's a few teams that have had such success at the running back position. It's a pretty long-standing tradition at this point. I'm not going to say we're RBU, but I'm not going to say we're not. I mean, to go Devontae, Dalvin, Cam Akers, that's a hell of a, a run of running back. And I'm, I don't know that we have one of those guys on the roster right now. But I do think we have a group of guys that can give us production that's not too, too far off from that. If, like you said, we still be expecting the offensive line. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. So if my thirsty Thursday is that I want to see cohesion between the coaching staff and the players, my, I don't know, my filled third, I don't know, my full, whatever, that's, that's going to be, I think we're going to have a much better offensive line, surely based on the fact of experience and the fact that we hopefully won't be starting, you know, nine different offensive line combos. All right, so Dave, just total pivot real quick. I want to ask you for the people that did not get the opportunity to go listen to Dunks, Dribbles, and Dimes yesterday, our basketball episode, our basketball show within a show. Where do you see the guys finishing in the draft tonight, Thursday night? Keep in mind, uh, the people will check you on this. Yeah, I, so I said last yesterday, and I said in my preview for Locked On that I, there's no way I expect Scotty Barnes to fall outside the top six. I think the most likely landing spot for him at this point is probably number five for the Magic. I Drake doesn't like the fit with the Magic because they haven't had a great track record of developing players. I love the idea of staying in the state of Florida, uh, where he already has a fan base. Um, if not five, then six the Toronto Raptors, like the uh, most likely destination. Toronto's had three success. I wouldn't mind him going to a team where they've actually won games recently, unlike some of the other teams in the lottery. So I think that's where Scotty's going to land. Uh, we may have one or two other guys drafted, maybe Paul Ticoprovisa, Raekwon Gray, the flyer in the late second round. If you, had to, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say we probably have a couple players drafted, maybe Paul to get taken at the end of the second. But hopefully all three get drafted. They both they all had good years last year. Paul and Raekwon, I don't know that they should have left, but they absolutely can be productive in the NBA given all right, man. You're the expert. I appreciate your analysis. And folks, if you think he's right or you think he's wrong, go to betonline.ag. Now, Dave, for the line of the day, I'm going to put you on the hot seat because you said both, which you should as a commentator. But betonline.ag has Scotty Barnes minus 275. Folks, that means if you bet $275, you will only win $100 on Scotty Barnes to be the fifth overall pick. However, to be the fourth overall pick, they've got him at plus 190, meaning if you bet 100, you'll win 190. So there's a huge swing in the, in the lines there that they're putting up. Dave, if I, if I gave you, a, well, no, it's your own money. If you had to put $100 on one of those, fifth overall at minus 275 or fourth overall at plus 190, what are you doing for Scotty Barnes? You know, I love me some value pick, but I think he's a pretty good lock to go number five overall. I think Caleb Mills is going fourth. I just don't see him landing there. I would love it. I hope he goes first overall. It's just probably not going to happen. I think it's a safe spot. Take the money and run. Go to betonline.ag. Sign up for an account. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So you put 100 bucks in, 
They'll give you 150. Thanks for giving the people what they need, Dave. All right, so Dave, for our last segment, this one comes straight to us from Twitter, Mr. Jaguar Par, eh, Paw, Par, Jaguar Paw, a staple of Florida State Twitter. I hope you're listening to this. What's up, buddy? We're stealing your tweet. He's asked, where does Florida State finish in their first four games? That is home against Notre Dame, home against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, up in Winston-Salem against Wake Forest, and at home against the Louisville Cardinals. I'd like to expand it one more and go to Syracuse at home again. Now, we've got a very favorable thing there in those five games. We've got four out of five are home games, and our road game is Wake Forest, which, you know, they're going to be good. This, they're better than usual this year, but it's still Wake. So, Dave, we like to gamble, so I'd like to set it. Instead of saying what's our record going to be, I would like to set the over-under there at two and a half, I think. Two and a half. What are you taking? Over-under on wins there. First five games. Two and a half. Two and a half, I'm taking the over. If you had given me three and a half, I probably would have taken the under. I will elaborate this. If we go out and just look flat and just beat against Notre Dame, I think we absolutely drop one of those other games. Probably should win. If we go, I'm not going to say we're going to beat Notre Dame, but if we go out there, and last year we were competitive against Notre Dame, but if, if we look just as if not more competitive, I expect that to build some confidence. And I would not be shocked if after those five games, we're four and one if we go out and look good against Notre Dame. I think that's a great point. The the first game will will be sort of a, a canary in the coal mine. And if that canary's chirping, well, it's going to be a good season. I think for two and a half, I too would take the over because I think even if we lose to Notre Dame, I think we definitely beat Jacksonville State. And I think between Louisville, Syracuse, and Wake, we got to win two of those games. If we don't win two of those three, yeah. We're we're in for a long winter, folks. It's it's going to be like Game of Thrones in there. So I like that. That made me think of something. We don't have a ton of information right now on where Mackenzie Milton's legs are, right? And frankly, coming off the injury he had, I don't expect a ton out of his legs, but he was a capable runner. If he is back to the point where he can be dynamic with his legs, which, again, I think would surprise a lot of people, you're going to need to watch out because – if his arm is where it was and his legs are anywhere near where they were, he's not Jordan Travis, but the guy can get the job done on the ground too. And that would be a scary combination. So, yeah, I mean, Jordan Travis is one of the better running quarterbacks in the country. I'm excited to see Mackenzie Milton's legs are. We have such little information. Yeah, so Mackenzie Milton, his last full season in the regular season, he ran 80 times, 79 times for 307 yards, four yards per attempt. However, if y'all know, as I'm sure you do, he took nine sacks, and in college football, you count a sack as a quarterback run. So he took nine sacks, which means he only ran the ball 70 times. Let's say the average sack is five yards. He would have actually gained 352 yards. Like you said, it's not Jordan Travis, but that, does, that means he's no slouch with his legs. And I think what I'm most excited about for this team is if Jordan can throw the ball the way he did against Duke and the way that we saw him have his flashes against Louisville and in a few other games, and McKenzie can run the way he did before his injury or even about 75% is the trickeration involved of putting each one of them out to do the other's job. Because a scouting report is going to say, look, when McKenzie's in, watch the run, but you know it's going deep. So don't bite too hard linebackers on that read option. When Jordan's in, hey, if you see a read option, come downhill fast do your run fits, fill the gaps, and do not let him pass the line of scrimmage. And please, for the love of all that's holy, do not let him buy the, buy the linebackers because the secondary can't catch him. So what I'm excited to see is McKenzie coming in on read options, 
and taking off in an open gap. Conversely, Jordan Travis coming in on like a third and two read zone read look, pulling the ball and just sending it to a tight end or a pre- like that play with Preston Daniel against North Carolina. I think Norvell is going to play with that. And I think it's going to be really cool to see how that works out. Yeah, that's a really great point. And you're going to learn an awful lot this year about Mike Norvell's creativity. And that's exciting because, you know, you heard a lot of talk from Billy Taggart, but you did see creativity from Mike Norvell at Memphis. And he's also shown the ability to be adaptable to the skill set that he has on his personnel. So, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, if Mackenzie Milton's able to go in and run on a pass down or George Travis can go in and throw a bomb, you're expecting him to run. It's going to be tough to stop. Exciting stuff ahead. So what is your favorite thing? Not your favorite thing. If you were Kenny Dillingham and you were giving Mike Norvell plays, what is the most creative way that you would use having Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton on the field at the same time? How would you line them up and what would be the play call? I mean, I don't know. Do you run like a jet with? You're the offensive coordinator, bro. You tell me. How would you line them up? What would you call? All right, we're playing. playing Yeah, yeah, you're you're offensive. All right, let me me give you a situation. It's it's, to make it easier, it's first and 10. No, you know what? I'll, I'll make it even easier so you can get creative and you won't screw everything up. First and five, they got an offsides. You try, McKenzie Milton was, was the one doing the, the hard count. They jump. You trot Jordan Travis in. First and five, you're at about your own 40. What player are you calling and how are you lining them up? Okay. So I'm going to do like, I'm going to put Jordan Travis in the slot to do a, like a little get sweep action. I'm going to take a shotgun snap with McKenzie Milton. I'm going to do like a little flag football where he throws it out to to Jordan Travis on the sweep wide. And then, because it's a backwards pass, Jordan Travis is throwing deep to hopefully a receiver we have that can get separation against the team. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun flag football play back on the old IM field side. Like. So I'm going to get a little, a little funnier than that. So I'm going to trot him out. It's third and five. We only have to get five yards, and we need this one. It's, it's a big one. So I'm going to come in, single tight end set, to the right. So I'm going to have five down linemen, one tight end. I'm going to have a guy out wide on the right side. I'm going to have both of them in the backfield. And then I'm going to have a slot on the left. And then I'm going to have a wide out on the right or the left again. I'm sorry. So two receivers left, tight end, right, tight, wide out on the right, both of them in the backfield. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have both of their, their one's left foot, one's right foot, tight ends on my right. So I'm putting Jordan Travis on the left, McKenzie Milton on the right. Their right and left foot are touching completely aligned with the ball so you can't so neither of them are behind the center then i'm going to have them send the guy in motion from the slot on the left and the play is going to be very simple they're going to snap it to mckenzie milton but when the ball snapped jordan travis is going to take off behind the slot guy the tight end is going to push right the guard on the right side is going to pull left and the goal is to get all their eyes thinking it's a jordan travis direct snap he's running right mckenzie milton meanwhile is pulling an ice box right he's pulling an ice box no ball mckenzie milton meanwhile gets the direct snap, tries to keep it low, and just takes off to get five yards to the left. That's my like Madden NFL. If you're a coach, tweet at me why that wouldn't work, but that's just like the most creative thing I can think of to get five yards with them. Man, I'm super excited for NCAA football to come back because we're going to drop the Thanks for joining me from the road. Everyone listening, thank you so much. Whatever platform you're listening to us on, make sure to like, make sure to follow and subscribe. We will be doing episodes every single day starting next week, getting y'all ready for the season. We're one week away from camp. I'm pumped. Dave's pumped. As we always say, Stacy's pumped. Holly's pumped. And this was Locked On Seminoles. Oh, no. Dude, I thought, uh, yeah, no, we could do some crazy stuff with Travis. It's, it's nuts to think about what you could do with his life.